0: Welcome to our PQ podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our program or download other podcasts, you can find us at www.pq.cz on our Facebook page or on Instagram. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome to the PQ podcasts. I am Michaela Buliankova, PQ General Manager, and today we talk with David Grindel. Welcome.
0: Hi, how are you doing, Michaela?
1: Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you for being here with us. Since 2010, David has been the executive director of USITT, and in previous years, he has been an integral part of the Management Commission and the Stage Management Mentoring Project. He has also been a member of OPERA, America's Production and Technical Committee, the Stage Managers Association, and the Production Managers Forum, and continues to work with those groups partner with USITT. Let's start with USITT. It was founded in 1960s, so how does the organization change over the years?
0: Wow, um, it, it's amazing because USITT has changed a lot and it hasn't changed at all. Our core values really have centered all the way through our 60 years on research in entertainment design and technology everything from scenography to architecture to engineering and that centering by our founders really has made us an organization that will always seek a way for contemporary relevance So that's really exciting. We've also had a long time commitment to our international partnerships. We've often realized that the arts transcend political boundaries and geographic boundaries, and our inspiration can be found from our partners all over the world. And that desire to reach out and share has been with us, and it's why USITT has been engaged with the US exhibit at the PQ since almost the very beginning. And that is one of the ways we try to partner with people around the world through uh, PQ, through our OISTAT partnerships, and through individual partnerships and nations. I think that has become a bigger focus for us over the last 10 years, trying to find not only ways that we can share the work we're doing, but more importantly, to learn what our colleagues are doing around the world and seek inspiration from them. Uh, I think that's really important for Americans, especially. Uh, We live in such a large country that sometimes we don't know what we're doing on opposite sides of our country uh, artistically. And we can get so focused there that sometimes we forget that there's these great opportunities to learn from our colleagues. As such. I think the other big shift for us is we've become a much more digital organization, and we were headed that way before the coronavirus pandemic, and like everyone else, that sort of forced our hand into becoming a very online, digital-focused way of connecting people. So, you know, those changes, we are an NGO uh, by international standards, so we have always funded ourselves. Uh, As a matter of fact, I think I can count on one hand the number of times in 60 years that we've received funding from the federal government. Most of our funding comes from membership and from participation fees. We also have um, the way the American tax structure is set up. If you donate to certain NGOs, you can deduct that from your taxes. And so we're very grateful that people will give those kinds of donations, both for general operating and for very specific projects like research or international outreach or student awards and activities. So that's a unique financial thing in America, and it gets really complicated because, well, we do that really well in American legal systems, is make it as complicated as possible. But uh, that's been one of the things that, that does keep us completely independent from any state government, federal government, or even a university.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, could you explain us a little bit uh, about system of decision-making or what is the structure of the leadership of of USITT?
0: Sure. USITT is uh, governed by a board of directors elected by the membership. The president of USITT is elected for a three-year term with a year coming in to sort of learn the job as president-elect and a year going out to also help ease that transition as immediate past president. And uh, the current president is Dan Culhane. He is an engineer with Wenger Corporation, the manufacturer. They make uh, music stands and orchestra shells and things like this. And the incoming president is Carolyn Satter. Carolyn ran the city theaters in San Diego for over 30 years. And she's just recently retired and uh, was elected president of USITT. So they really set the goal and direction for the organization. That board then gives direction to me as the chief staff officer. And it's my job to really oversee the day-to-day operations. We have a full-time staff of uh, 12 plus me helping produce things. Then we have a series of volunteer-led interest groups. So we break scenography into scenic design, costume design, lighting design, digital media, and sound design. And then we also have uh, groups that are focused on pedagogy. We have groups focused on technical production, engineering, architecture, and health and safety. Each of those groups are volunteer-led, and they help by developing classes at our annual meeting and other things we do throughout the year. But they'll also do projects. One of the projects uh, that we've taken on and people can uh, access on our website is that there have been so many groups, different things, federal Agencies, state agencies issuing how to operate safely in the pandemic. None of them really speak to theater directly, but there might be one little bit of important information in a document. And so the Technical Production Commission got together and they have read far more documents than I would ever want to and found those really little important statements. And they've been putting together sheets so that it holds all of that information and links you back to the original document so you can verify the science behind these recommendations. And we've been able to put that together and we're releasing them after they get vetted by a second set of professionals to make sure they're read properly. And that's the kind of important work that we're doing through these commissions. The Education Commission is talking about how do you teach scenic painting when you can't be in a scenic studio? Are there ways to do that? What are the resources? So these groups are out there trying to bring together the combined knowledge of expertise and be able to share them out. So we have both an an elected volunteer structure and a volunteer structure that is elected or grown out of the interest areas. And then we have a staff that are dealing with day-to-day operations.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, okay, I see.
0: So like most other things in America, it's a little complicated.
1: This year you had to make a difficult decision about the USITP conference. So what are the plans for the future conference?
0: Oh, this year, 2020, uh, the World Health Organization declared pandemic on March 11th. We were due to ship all of our items to Houston, Texas. For our annual meeting, the shipment was supposed to go out on March 13th. And to give you that a little bit of that scale, that's about a 3,500, 4,000 kilometer distance from our offices to Houston. And we had to make the last minute decision that everything needed to cancel. And there was so much, if we all can remember back to that time, there was so much information flowing and it felt so challenging because we had contracts that had to be canceled and dealing with the financial impact of all of this. It was was a very stressful time, but it was the right decision to make. It was difficult at that time because we had met in person for 59 years running. And so to realize that we had to stop for 2020 was a challenge. But I was really pleased, I mean, we were able to reach out. We did about 70 online courses over uh, April and May uh, and reached thousands of people all over the world. 2021, we were scheduled to meet in Columbus, Ohio, which is sort of, it's in the middle of the eastern part of the U.S. And we came to realize two things. One, this pandemic isn't going to be over by March. So we need to take safety into account. Um, But we also realized that here in this country and around the world, the entertainment industry was one of the first to shut down and we are gonna be one of the last to reopen. Our people don't have the money to travel to a conference. Our exhibitors don't have the money to take an exhibit to a conference, but we need that engagement. We need each other. We as a creative spirits, need to gather together. And so we've had to make the choice to go online and do a virtual conference in 2021. But we're also really excited by that because we realize how many people around the world can now engage because we've taken away the cost and and distance of travel. So we're really excited that we can do this. And what's also exciting is we've found a platform that integrates with. Google Translate. So it won't be a perfect translation, but you also can participate a little more strongly if English isn't your primary language. We're also excited because it opens the possibility of people who couldn't travel to the U.S. being able to present, being able to engage and network. And uh, we're even looking at the timing of things, realizing now that, you know, even participants in the United States, we cross five time zones. We're opening up to the possibility of all the time zones in the world being able to participate. And we're still working on the final details, but the cost is also going to be much lower. Even just to get a full week of of engagement, we're doing everything we can to really pull down all of those barriers. And so, yeah, we're really excited about this. The other great part, you know, when you're at a conference and there are many sessions going on, it always seems that two of the sessions you want to go to are being held at the exact same time. Always works that way. Well, now you don't have to worry about that because you can go to one, the other one's being recorded. You know, you have that opportunity to engage, to be able to get to this content. We realize that when we meet in person, One of the best parts is you leave and you're still talking about that information with someone you met. So we're creating after spaces where you can leave that room and go over and talk still virtually with each other. If you'd like to learn more about our program or download other podcasts, you can find us at www.pq.cz on our Facebook page or on Instagram
1: yeah that's great idea Demi. and expo what will be the
0: solution for exhibitors so with expo for our exhibitors we're really Please, because we, we have the ability for some exhibitors, they just want to upload some documents that you can download and gauge you over to a website. But for other exhibitors, if they choose, they too have a virtual meeting room in their booth so that they can schedule a product demo and be live in their facility and show you how a product works best live, or, you know, there's even the slim possibility that you might remotely be able to engage with a piece of software, you know, so we're trying to create different opportunities for people to still engage with exhibitors in a digital format, but live, realizing that, yeah, you can always go to somebody's website, but to talk to someone, to say, this is the problem I'm trying to solve. When we come back together and we're able to perform again, we're doing this show that we had planned to do in the summer of 2020. And instead, I'm still trying a better solution. You know, So we want to keep that conversation going and keep people seeing what's new because our many of our exhibitors in our industry have also taken the opportunity to develop new products or come up with new uses for products. So we wanna be able to highlight that and show that. That's our hope. As we do another virtual conference, we don't want it to be just another online meeting. So we're looking at engagement. We're looking at guided conversations. We're looking at how do we best use this medium? So that we make it a conference built for that instead of trying to be, well, we can't be in person, so we'll just throw it all online. Yes, right. And tell us, when will be the program published? The first parts of the program will probably come out in early December. Okay. Um, And we're going to keep adding through December, January and February as we build and confirm attendance as to who can speak and when things will be scheduled.
1: Yes, okay. Also, during this year, you made available some resources and educational materials online. Could you tell us what is possible to reach through
0: your website? Sure. In the last year, we've been able to do a wide variety of courses that you can now still find on demand on our website that are everything from 3D printing. And how people are now using that more effectively in uh, sonography and in properties. We have a really fascinating history of stage management that was designed to be an exhibit in Houston and it got turned into a presentation really looking at how the role of the stage manager has evolved over the years. And it's really kind of an interesting, exciting thing. If you're like me and are a stage management nerd, you find that kind of stuff fun. We've done uh, some sessions on how to engage uh, as an educator, because teaching online is very different as we're all learning. But the same things come about when you are doing a production meeting online you know, you're still educating, you're just not educating necessarily a student, but you're having to convey your ideas in a different way. So that can be a really valuable thing for someone who's got to learn how to communicate in an online environment. All of these are accessible on our website, but we've also tried to address some things, you know, what started in the United States and is now Extending around the world, and we're now seeing uprisings in Nigeria over the treatment of people of color. And we're trying to address some of those things in our own industry. We were able to host uh, a conversation about race and racism in theater. And from that, we're now starting to roll out some conversations that people will be able to listen to. We bring people of color together and have them talk about their artwork. You know, it's opening our minds to different ways people are inspired and bringing professionals to the forefront that often may not be there. And so we've tried to address some of those issues. We've tried to address, you know, the access during the COVID. And also then what is this new theater that's going to come out of this? You know, as much as people may not like uh, doing a show on a video format, My personal belief is I think we will see a new form of theater come out of this. So how do we use technology best to drive this new form of theater? And it's been fascinating to watch from the very first shows that went on Zoom as the primary platform or or Google Meet or things like that how we're finding new software. So now you have things um, like StreamYard where you can control who's where on the screen. You can control backgrounds. We're learning a new way to do scenography. If you thought you had to improvise with no budget before, now you have to improvise with no budget and the things that are in individual performers' homes You know, and so those kinds of conversations, which are on one hand incredibly frustrating and on the other hand, really exciting. Let's continue with this topic.
1: What is the situation now in the U.S. with theater and cultural organizations?
0: So the theater and cultural organizations in the U.S. are dealing with the pandemic in a variety of ways. Theaters are essentially shut down The public ones. Some university theaters are running, but they're doing their shows in different ways. They're doing all online production. They're doing a live stream of a production with masks designed into the costuming. Some of our companies are coming online. Uh, San Diego Opera just did a production of La Boheme in a parking lot that went really well. People are finding new audiences. USITT is headquartered in a a town in the upper part of New York, well outside of New York City in a town called Syracuse. And the local symphony here is performing. And they've created an ability. They've created little shells around every performer. And they stream those performances out to the audience. So we've been able to find some creative ways to keep people functioning and working. But those are the exception and not the norm. In the United States, there was, in the spring, a very, by our standards, large financial package. But by many countries' standards, it was nowhere near what other countries have done. Arts organizations could apply along with other businesses, to get some funding support. That support really was supposed to last you about six to eight weeks. So most companies have burned through that funding. They've not been able to necessarily keep all of their staff anymore. The election season here in this country, it's very difficult to get legislation passed. And in the United States, it requires the Congress and the Senate to pass it and then to be signed by the president. So it's a three-step process at, at its easiest. And that, that's not happening and nothing will happen potentially until, well, definitely until after our election. And then depending on the results of that election, it may delay it even further until the new president and the new Congress come in. So that is the same for arts groups, small businesses, everyone.
1: It is same for individual artists?
0: Individual artists, um, if they meet the criteria to apply for the funding, yes. It has been a challenge uh, in this country. And we see many people choosing to leave the industry. I mean, there are many industries that are still running and people have said that, uh, you know, this is their tipping point. Other people are trying to hold on. So it's a really, a really gray time for arts organizations in America. The local museum here sold a very famous painting because they wanted to have money to buy other work from different artists and there uh, there are lawsuits saying that the museum shouldn't sell the painting could you know so it's a a tough time uh, as we all try to find the way we're all running on much smaller budgets but of course we're also not traveling not hosting events not doing any of that but it's a a real challenge right now
1: yeah and uh, before the COVID times uh, was there any cultural policy I state or the country
0: you know the united states as people around the world are listening to this the united states really is that it is one national policy but then each of our individual states has different policy and each of our individual states has unique funding for the arts so we are very much sort of based on where you live some places fund the arts uh, through uh, tourism. So, when you stay in a hotel in the United States, there are a certain taxes that are applied, and sometimes there's a tourism fee that goes to support the arts in some cities. But arts organizations in the United States really do function as what we call nonprofit businesses. In the United States, a business that is considered for profit, you take the money you make and you return it to your investors. In the nonprofit industry, you take the money you make and you turn it back into your product. And so arts organizations really do push our investors, so to speak, are the donors that provide to us. And between their money and then the money from ticket sales and other services, that's how most arts organizations in the United States receive the majority of their funding. So it is a very different structure than in most countries where you have a a sort of a federal or national arts policy. We don't have that in the United States. It really does filter down to the state and community level.
1: Okay, so is there anything else you would like to say about uh, USITT and what is coming on?
0: You know, I have to say I'm really excited for the way the USITT leadership and staff and members have embraced our opportunity to reach one another in a digital format. There are new podcasts called Technically Speaking, that you can download and start listening to how professionals are working in the United States. There's some really exciting ways to reach out, and we're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep helping people engage with one another in a remote environment. And my biggest challenge is how do we keep that up and return to our in-person work so that we don't do one or the other? We're able to engage with each other. And I certainly appreciate being able to engage with my colleagues around the world. You know, it's exciting when we all gather for an event like PQ because you get to see each other and connect and then we all leave. There's a sadness to that or that we mean, oh, we'll see each other in a few years. We've now taught ourselves we don't have to do that. We've taught ourselves that we can engage in this way. And while it's not the same, And it's, I'll say it, it's not as good as being in the same room together. It still teaches me that I can engage with my colleagues and see their work and be inspired by their work. And when I do that, I get to keep that open mind of new ways of thinking about art and artists that I get when I go to these things. So the more we can do that as colleagues, as inviting and offering the ability to engage with one another, I think we're going to become a stronger arts world on the other side of this. It's a really frightening time right now. But knowing that in our isolation, we can reach out to our colleagues down the street or on the other side of the planet and have a conversation if i'm going to have to live through a pandemic in my lifetime i'm happy to do it with the amount of technology we have now for those of us of a certain age if we think back to when we were 20 and trying to do this it would have been a much different world
1: yes you are right okay thank you for your time
0: thank you so much
1: i hope to meet you soon online online and
0: hopefully soon in person
1: yes okay thank you david bye-bye
0: you're welcome bye-bye thank you for listening if you'd like to learn more about our program or download other podcasts you can find us at www.pq.cz on our facebook page or on instagram